Hi everyone and welcome to the PBN podcast. I'm your host Robbie Lockie and we're very excited to have the lovely Kay Lavelle. She's a <laughs> vegan activist, a vegan fashion and beauty advocate and a short curve model activist too. Welcome Kay. Thank you. <laughs> so before we learn about your history and everything that brought you to this world, um, let's talk about your vegan journey and how did you discover it? Of course. Um, so I think I was always meant to be vegan because even when I was younger, I remember my mom used to try and always give me milk, but I never ever liked it. And actually, um, I also found out that my dad never liked milk as well. So maybe it's, you know, travels down the genetic codes. Um, I just didn't like the smell of it or the taste. It, it didn't seem natural. It, it, it always reminded me as though it's something from an animal. Like it just had a weird, weird smell to it really for me. Um, and also meat as well. Um, I used to eat meat, but I was never a big fan of it because again, I always found it very hard to sort of chew, especially with red meat to chew and process. I, 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 it was too similar to me as though I'd be eating my own flesh. So um, I was more so a pescatarian, I would say for, for many years. Um, and then my friend went vegan first. And she opened my eyes up uh, with a few documentaries. And obviously I was, I mean, I'm one of those, uh, I'm a health freak, definitely, whether it's, you know, makeup, uh, skincare or food, anything that's the latest, you know, in, 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 in innovation, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm all over it. So um, I sort of dived in. Um, and then I sort of realized that this is kind of the food that I stream to anyway. Um, and then obviously I read all the nutritional facts and, you know, I kind of did my own research and, and realized that this is not necessary for me at all. Um, and most importantly, I don't want to be con uh, contributing to all the, the animal suffering that's going on out there. And when you first discovered this lifestyle and you made these changes, how did your friends and family react to it? Perfectly fine. Yeah. Because um, with my friends and family, everybody is, you know, they're all kind of in the industry and they're mm -hmm. all quite open-minded people they're all quite artistic so they're always kind of you know ahead yeah. of any anything new mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean i actually ended up converting um, a few other of my friends especially when it comes to uh the vegan and the organic makeup and skincare um because you know my, my skin is always glowing it's always good <laughs> so i think a lot of people once they see that mm -hmm. um and that's kind of my thing leading by example. Right, absolutely, inspiring others yeah. through our actions. Um, and the kind of journey into veganism is quite challenging sometimes for some people. Did you have any challenges along the way? Did you struggle with the cheese and the milk? And mm. Do you know, it, it, it's really interesting because it was literally like a switch overnight mm -hmm. and I've never looked back. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I would because mm -hmm. I, um, I mean, especially like cheese. Mm -hmm. I remember like cheese and red wine, mm -hmm. like that was like, you know, one of my things. But I think once I did the research and I understood where those things are coming from, I no longer saw it as food mm -hmm. and I completely, uh, disconnected myself mm -hmm. from you know seeing it as something delicious and mm -hmm. something that my taste buds are still craving because they're used to it mm -hmm. because I just saw death and, and, and torture and, and the smells of it and everything I just I just saw it as like it's animals excretions mm -hmm. and, I, and I just thought this doesn't seem right and then to compare it with you know beautiful grains and fruits from mm -hmm. the earth it, of which there was there's just many many varieties so when people yeah. say to us oh what do you eat you must really struggle. I eat more. That's the crazy thing. It's like people are like, oh, you're limiting yourself. And it's like, no, I've actually I've found so much more than right. I'm eating now than yeah. ever before. You fall in love with food again, don't you? Yeah. You yeah. start to you start you start to realize yeah. that food is yeah. um, 
uh, this sort of rather than it just being fuel, it's it should be a joy and a pleasure, and it should be colourful and full of life uh, rather than death. Life. This mm -hmm. and this is the thing, you know. Anything that's because you could see it's like still living and breathing in the, yeah. in the beautiful essence, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But I think anything that's just been processed, and I mean, it just to me, it's so irrational and illogical now. Which I think that's the words of mm -hmm. is it James Asprey? He mm -hmm. said that, but it's it's true. That's how I'm sort of seeing it now. Like, why do I want? A dead sentient being that's mm. been that's gone through a, a factory process, or even if it's not factory farming, whatever farming mm. is still mm -hmm. a dead body. It's mm -hmm. a dead carcass, mm. and I don't want to be putting that mm. into my body. Especially when we don't need to. Like you know, once upon a time in human history, we had to eat animals because we didn't have crops. We couldn't yeah. grow anything, and we would consume small bits of animals to yeah. survive. We don't live in that world anymore. No, um, and in fact, we have potentially carried those behaviours with us from yeah. our past. And now we know for a fact that it's damaging our bodies, but it's also mm -hmm. destroying our homes yeah, and look our at the, the health system and what yeah. the, you know, right. and that's that's so true. And I feel like I've um, I'm really sort of starting my advocacy now, and I'm you know starting to go back and forth with people on Instagram. And oh my god, it's so draining because this is what I get thrown at me all the time about you know from cavemen we used to eat animals, it's mm -hmm. natural, mm -hmm. and it's like well no, it's it's no longer natural because mm -hmm. we're in 2018 and mm -hmm. we've evolved, our minds have evolved, our food system. Mm -hmm has evolved and there's no need to eat death, blood and torture. Yes. It doesn't do anything right. for us. And it's not, uh, you know, but it's interesting from those people's perspective because they see themselves as the majority. So from their perspective, it is normal because they look around and yeah, most people it, aren't yeah. vegan. And this is the thing is that people see our lifestyle as extreme. Yeah. And from their viewpoint, it is extreme because the idea of just the idea of leaving animal products or meat or steak or something off mm -hmm. your plate is horrifying to people yeah. because they are so intrinsically connected to it. And I think I talk to this I talk about this with a lot of people about how food slash culture slash emotion slash tradition are yeah. intertwined yeah, are. very tightly mm -hmm. together. You know, you may have your Sunday roasts with your family and that's a time of joy and happiness. You may have your birthday dinners with your dad or your mum or your grandma and yeah. she cooks you or they cook you something very particular, very specific. And you have a very emotional connection to that roast chicken or that yeah. steak. And, and a lot of people are terrified of letting that go. Losing that, but yeah. what's yeah. interesting is that we can create a new culture. Absolutely. We can create new foods. Absolutely. And it is a shame. It's, it's really crazy how we have this emotional connection with food like that and I do feel for some people I've been very lucky because you know I live in London uh, it's very diverse for vegan culture everywhere I look is now turning vegan or have a vegan menu or have a stand outside the restaurant saying we serve vegan food mm. but you know and also I come from a family and friends who are like are very open-minded people and they're already kind of you know were that way inclined or already vegan so I can't imagine how hard it must be for some, you know, people, uh, you know, even on the outskirts or with big families who are like, oh my God, because I hear even in schools and it's really heartbreaking that, you know, kids are getting bullied for mm, being vegan. And it's, it, to me, it's so bizarre because we're not doing it to annoy other people. We're doing it to better them. So it's like, and that's what I've been saying on Instagram to people, like, I'm not yeah, doing this because, you know, because they're saying to me, why are you um, uh, preaching about being vegan? I'm not preaching about being a meat eater, but it's like, but I'm doing this for you. So we were talking about like how people, people, culture and how people respond yeah. to this message. But obviously the whole reason we're vegan is for the animals. Um, yeah. Most people, not all people, but most people, I assume yourself. Absolutely. Like, why should we care about animal rights? Like what is, what is the reason for you? Like why, do we, why should we do it? 
to me, just because they look different, this is why we have disconnected from seeing them yeah. as, you know, in our likeness. Yeah. And therefore we feel we have the right to abuse them yeah. and exploit them in any way we can. And I just think that is so morally wrong on every possible level is disgusting. I think anything that feels emotion on the same level as we do and you know they feel suffering they feel love exactly the same they have their families mm -hmm. they they want you know that they understand affection they want to eat mm -hmm. it's all the same basic emotions mm -hmm. as us and uh, to have something living wriggling and screaming and you're inflicting pain on it I don't get that and mm -hmm. what upsets me so much is when people say oh but you're murdering grass or crops and it's like oh my god like if it doesn't have a central nervous system it doesn't have a backbone mm -hmm. there is no brain no brain no pain mm -hmm. like it's so it's simple and if they yeah i took that from somewhere <laughs> yeah. as well and if they want to talk about murdering uh, grains the animals are the the biggest mm -hmm. at murdering grains if, if we want to put it that way because all the crops and grains are fed to them That's right. so actually we would probably resolve world hunger feed the world mm -hmm. over and still consume less grains than what is being fed to mm -hmm. the trillions of livestock out mm -hmm. there now mm -hmm. so you know, there's, it's very little that people can really argue against this now mm. and I just find it so sad and frustrating that people are still trying to mm. find any way that they can to get out of this. it, yeah. yeah, wriggle out of it. Yeah. And with regards to activism, so um, you've been, you've done a lot of creative stuff in the past, art. Yeah. Do you want to talk a bit about how you've expressed yourself through your art? So, um, so I grew up uh, in a family uh, of uh, actress and artist. That was th th those are my parents. So obviously I've always had the very creative gene and I actually started out acting professionally doing television. Um, then I did some modeling um, and then I decided to do art because I felt it was more of an immediate way to express myself and I no longer had to sort of wait for auditions to see if I get the part or not, fitting into someone else's project, you know, it was more hands-on. Um, and I started creating three-dimensional wall sculptures on canvas. So Which sculptures? Wall sculptures. Wall, okay, yeah. I thought you said wall. I was going to yeah, say that. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they're very theatrical, so uh -huh. they kind of stem from my acting roots. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. I would use fabrics and mirrors and crystals, and I would stick them all under like uh, into resin on canvas so they're very uh, very eccentric um, and then I decided okay now I want to write yeah. so I I have started writing actually I think it was probably the age of 13 so I'm now almost finished my first anthology book which is going to be a collection of my uh, sort of poetry um, uh, sort of memoirs short stories and that's kind of like about I guess my life growing up um, the industry and how hard it's mm -hmm. almost been to break into mm -hmm. this industry which in a way really boxes you in mm -hmm. and I was never meant to be boxed I'm mm -hmm. like I, I always want to say I'm like the Russian dolls it's like you know <laughs> yeah. I'm literally I'm the epitome of that it's like if Many you lift one, there's mm -hmm. more and more and more mm -hmm. within each each side of me mm -hmm. um, so yeah and I think that's why I felt that the industry was very um, unforgiving if mm -hmm. you get anything wrong and it didn't give you as much freedom so I kind of moved away from all that and I decided to do something to better the world, uh, to help the animals, to do something outside of myself. Because I think, in a way, I do come from an, an industry that's very sort of narcissistic and ego-driven and that's kind of, in a way, what I wanted, you know, to, to be an actress and to be seen and to be on covers of magazines. And now, all of that seems like another lifetime and, and really quite empty and vacuous. Has that changed since you went vegan? 
hundred percent. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to be the, the 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 first vegan activist on the cover of Vogue with you know like all of my uh, placards and whatever. That would be awesome because I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for the greater good. Um, but it's since turning vegan, I think so much has changed. Like it really does give you roots and brings you back down to earth because you don't really because it's not yourself that you're caring about anymore it's it's it's, it's like i think it's a similar thing when you become a mother not that I, i'm not a mother i have no children um but it's a similar thing for me because now it's like it's not all about me it's actually i'm doing something for something else yeah. but yet at the same time it does fill my ego to be good to do good to save to to give another life life you know mm -hmm. so um yeah it's been really really empowering and i think especially i'm still sort of staying in the industry because obviously now i've gone more into the modeling which obviously i've always done parallel anyway but again even if i'm doing the modeling it's to empower so i'm standing out for all the girls out there who are not just curvy but also short um because you know obviously the plus size movement has been so huge but again these girls are still five foot eight five foot ten so what about all the five five foot girls and five foot one and two and three and four you know who are uh, still in the industry but again they don't have a voice so for me anything to do with pushing anything to the forefront that's been left behind or isn't seen as mainstream that's what excites me now and that's my kind of goal and i think it ties in beautifully with the whole you know veganism because it is something that i want to commercialize that i want to say look we're not all just spiritual like meditating whatever you know we we can't <laughs> be glamorous yeah yeah we can't be oh, sexy and glamorous crocs, sorry, yeah. Crocs. yeah exactly and uh, yeah forgive me all the tree huggers <laughs> but you know people do need something to relate to i mean yeah. you know we, we, yeah. there's so many influences out there now and and you know it, 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 there is a pattern sex sells and someone that's glamorous and someone that's sexy and fashionable people do stream to that so why can't we have more mm. uh, activists who are like that who people can relate to better um, yeah speaking so if, of sex speaking of sexy and, and sexuality yeah um, Peter have come under a lot of criticism for using men and women and their sexuality can't win. to get the <laughs> message out personally yeah. from my own personal perspective this is not the views of PBN but me Robbie Lockie is that a adult should be able to advocate in the way they choose as long as they're not being exploited Absolutely. as a person it should be them their body if they wish to use Absolutely. their body and their sexuality to get the attention of the public that's up to them Peter have come under huge criticism saying that they are sexist and that it's sexualizing women yada 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 but oh, all these women God. and men and there are men as well who also yeah. go naked or go semi-naked on these 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 um, uh, campaigns yeah. do it you know they don't get paid it's mm. they do it because they care yeah and they believe they want to use the work that they put into their body or their gifts yeah. to attract the audience yeah i mean do you think that's fair 100 percent, i agree and i think it's do you know what again uh peter is doing such great things regardless even if they put someone naked on the ads why are people even picking up on that it's like go and do something amazing in the world liberate save a life and then go and you know it's like they're already doing such an amazing thing why bring them down just because they're using models asos uses models or any other brands uses models the the you know i'm, I'm mentioning asos because i had a meeting with them earlier but you know it's like Sex sells, we all know that. We live in a physical realm where we like aesthetics, we like good looking people. Humans so, are creatures of the eye. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what's wrong with Peter using the same thing that every other company uses? I don't get it. I think it again works. it works. And I again people just want to pick on anything they can and 
it, it doesn't make any sense to me. They're, they're, they're doing an amazing job. Let them be. I mean, it's great. Like, okay, so would they want to look at some, I don't know, like, God knows what on there, rather than like a Pami or, um, I mean, who was, Amina Blue was one of their, their, their latest girls. It's, it's fantastic because that's relatable. People look at that and be like, okay, I like her. She's cool. She's sexy. I want to be a bit like her. And oh, she stands for something good. So absolutely. So I absolutely like, I, I think hundred percent, I think more celebrities, because there's a lot of vegan celebrities and they don't mm. advocate it as much as, you know, they can. And yeah. I think a lot more of them should speak about it 100%. and, you know, not be afraid not to, because they might might not get some endorsements actually there's so many brands now and it's one thing I'm not worried about at all because um, it did cross my mind before but I actually thought no like I want to stand by my morals and it's not that I'm even anal of working with brands that might not have some vegan things but if they release a vegan range I am comfortable with promoting that because we need to target the the, the bigger the company the, the more we need to target that company to make more vegan stuff because these are the guys we need to get first yeah. and then as soon as they start converting them everything will change you know Absolutely. and speaking of public awareness yes. you obviously ended up in the big brother house that was what was that like well that was interesting wasn't it so <laughs> How did that happen? do you know the funny thing is i always said to myself because obviously i come from you yeah. know professional acting industry yeah. and i had managers and agents and i've been very uh um Careful. yeah and sort of really cut around the edges to be a certain way in a way because you know as an actor you 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 do you're not you know it's very different from being a reality person and i've always thought i probably wouldn't do reality tv but this came along and I actually thought, you know what, I want to get on the most mainstream platform in the UK and go in there as the glamorous vegan and to change people's perceptions and to be like, you know, I don't look ill. I have more energy than I've ever had. My mental clarity is sharper than it's ever been. So, you know, the proof's in the pudding, as they say. Um, so that's the main reason I went on there. Now, I know, sadly, the way or I ended up walking off the show because it was just it was very intense. And I sort of realized that it's probably not completely the, the right platform for me to do my advocacy, because I think they it is more focused on your connections and the relationships within the house and more of the drama aspect, which obviously has even become more clear now that I'm out and I've seen some episodes back. There was a lot of more vegan conversations that I've had in there, which w were not shown. Um, and obviously that's fine. I don't you know blame. I mean, Channel 5 and, and you know, the production have been great to me like really supportive inside the house and outside the house so they've been really really good to me um but obviously it just wasn't you know the right platform to really go for it um what but i tried what were some of the challenges being in, a, in locked in a house oh, well the good thing for me is this i again i'm breaking the angry vegan stereotype because i'm very passive i come with great understanding and warmth to anybody and I don't go around like if people want to do the advocacy like that there's nothing wrong with it sometimes you know what people need an aggressive kick up the ass but I am very calm and very sweet and kind like that's my true nature you know so I don't go there, there, there. like I get around it I'll say a few facts I'll say a few things but I must say it was really hard because the house was really heavily it was, everybody was you know pretty much everybody was a meat eater and I've never seen so much bacon and mince and chicken being cooked like constantly, you know, for breakfast, for dinner. And the smells of it, the oils after in the pan, like it was like a, like a, a dead body's been cooked in oil and that smell. And I'll, I, I won't forget that for a while because, and that was really hard to take. But, but at the same time, you know, 
because I got on with the people so well and I felt them and I understood them and you know none, none of us are really born vegan unless our parents are so like the new age kids will probably be <laughs> some of them but um, yeah so I completely sympathize with, with those people so I didn't judge them but at the same time it was just very hard to see how much meat you know and dairy consumption was going on mm. right in front of my eyes we wonder why so, there's so much illness yeah exactly and, and the thing is I tried to have some conversations but some people were more open to it but they would still carry on mm. but at least they were nice about it and they were like oh you know you've planted some seeds mm. and the, the loveliest thing that pretty much all the people yeah all the people I spoke to in there have said you know it's lovely how you do your advocacy that you don't push it on people mm -hmm. and you lead by example and actually make them want to do it more mm -hmm. so i think i've definitely got the right way of doing it and actually every time i did cook my vegan stuff and the vegan sausages everyone was eating all my food mm -hmm. everybody was loving it and all the people said they prefer the vegan sausages to the non-vegan sausages mm -hmm. so i think whether it was shown or not i made the mark in that house i know that and even one of our other candidates he started cooking vegan food for everyone mm -hmm. and it was amazing he made this like amazing vegan stew which was you oh. know he, he even took over my job yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a couple of conversations that I had in there which were quite tough and, and I just couldn't get through to people because you know they started bringing up the farmers and that not all farms you know do do you know farm the animals in that sort of a mm. cruel practice blah mm. blah blah but yeah 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 I mean Did you feel a bit attacked by people sometimes or um I being do the only and I don't in the room. because I think I think I'm used to it mm. not well I'm not used to it because I don't get attacked that much mm. but I think I'm used to it in my mind because I see how other vegans are attacked and I've watched enough videos I almost feel like I've been through it all right. so it's like nothing can really shock me or make me feel shit about it although there was one, like, there was a couple of occasions where I did cry um, because it was just I was crying at what I was saying myself because I just started like seeing all the horrible things that the animals go through and it just it, that just it gets me on a different level. How long have you been vegan for? Uh, actually only about eight, eight months full Amazing. vegan yeah. yeah. What, when, when you went vegan like was there that shift in your mind that you did you, was it like you? I think you said it was overnight. Wasn't overnight, it, right. it was uh, Gary Gary Urofsky. Right, so that was yeah. that what did it. Okay, that's the first thing I watched. Yeah, for a lot of um, people, it's someone. Usually, a lot of people, it's someone's speech or a film. Yeah. That's usually what. Yeah, because I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was yeah. just like, oh my god, like yeah. this guy is speaking all the sense in the world because the way he speaks about it, it's not even like you know just facts or nutrition. It's not boring. It's actually was such like. Yeah character and the way he just puts things across like how we've made animals into sandwiches and shoes like it really gets your psyche on a different level where you're like whoa yeah, actually right. we've that's a you know such a good line isn't it we've reduced sentient beings into animals and shoes yeah. when you know maybe in our ancient past we could be forgiven because we didn't know we didn't know they were living breathing feeling beings just yeah. like us now we know yeah and when we know we we need to make those changes yeah <laughs> um, no, absolutely. So, so moving on from from veganism um, the fashion world is something that you you're moving into and wanting to explore yes. tell us a bit about your journey absolutely um, so I mean to be honest this whole idea of an influencer previously didn't really appeal to me because I, I I used to really keep myself to myself and again coming from an acting industry where you're quite private you're not that vocal on social media you just you know you sort of have in a way your private life but being an influencer it is a almost a 24 7 job because um, you have to upkeep so much stuff on social media and constantly be engaged and for me I thought you know it, it's really it can be very mentally draining mm -hmm. so I kind of in a way I kind of always sort of held back from that but I think now, you know, coming out of the house and also using that as a platform 
and the little things that I've started doing and obviously being signed to bridge models mm -hmm. uh, and, and starting my career that way, things are changing. And it's really exciting me because I think that's the only way, that's the best place I can be in for uh, my career, for what I believe in, for what I want to do, where I'm not boxed, where I'm running my own show, where, you know, I'm doing my own thing, and but for the better of things. So it's not, again, you know, it, it excites me to, um, you know, pick the best uh, skincare and the best makeup products that are out there, you know, that are cruelty-free, that are organic, that are, you know, min mineral makeup, um, and then with the fashion as well. I mean, that's, again, like since turning vegan, that's, you know, a couple of months later, I was like, okay, I want to get rid of everything I have that's, you know, animal skins and and it was really exciting process um and i'm really excited about working with brands who have you know ethical um clothing or i mean it doesn't even have to be the main thing that it doesn't use leather obviously fur um i've stopped wearing wool silk what else is there from an animal there, there are some yeah, things so that i still leather. have yeah mm -hmm. there are some things that i still have in my wardrobe just because i'm wearing it out because mm -hmm. obviously i you know to change mm -hmm. everything you're going to need thousands it's a process, so yeah, yeah it's a process but majority of it to I was like, yeah, I've got rid of it, like, because it, it doesn't feel right. Mm. Like, even if I have a trim of something somewhere, it just no longer feels right because mm. I'm looking at that and it's like, well, it's a dead, dead animal. But also, there's a lot of designers which are doing, mm. um, you know, non-leather bags and vegan products. So, I'm really looking forward to, you know, getting up there and sort of you know, starting to work with major brands and also a lot of brands like I think it's uh, Gucci, Michael Kors, Tommy Hilfiger, huge like designers that have dropped fur now finally as well. Speaking so, of fur, what do you think of? Fen did you see Fendi? They put out a, a scarf made from fox fur. Oh no. Last week, 750 pound scarf, but it's, it's kind of intertwined oh, with fox fur and uh, people are quite outraged by it. Because the idea of- I'm so glad that people are outraged. Yeah, the idea of fur, you know, like again, like meat, it was a practical thing yeah. that we had to use because we didn't have fabrics. We didn't have artificial fibers to keep us warm. Um, and yeah. we, you know, we, ha we had an excuse because that's the way we lived. Now we have all the technology in the world that we don't need this material, this, this skin of a living being. And so now fur is only for fashion or, or opulence or yeah. for um, really what is ultimately ego. Do you know what it is to me? When I see people in fur now, it's the last thing that I think from wealth and opulence, mm -hmm. I think and I'm so sorry to everyone, like, because you know you have to be politically correct, but damn it, mm -hmm. um, I just think it's complete ignorance and stupidity, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. and it's really hard because I hate judging people, mm -hmm. but it's just, I can't help the reaction. And funny enough, like obviously I'm, you know, I come from a Russian background, it's huge there. Um, and you know, my mom always used to wear furs, and, but it just goes through me because it's like, come on, like, you know, have you not seen what's going on? Because actually for years now, with activists and, and, and even some designers or celebrities, they've been campaigning against fur. So it's not even something that's you know kept under the radar. It's a really obvious thing. So I think people really need to just, you know, smarten up and wisen up. It's, it's, but then, you know, having said that as well, leather, well, what makes fur and leather different? They're both skins of animals and a lot of people sell it's a byproduct of the farming industry but I actually read up about it and it's not so in a way that's why leather now they all fuel each other they the do the dairy industry fuels the leather industry yeah and because obviously like dairy cows end up becoming burgers but then the skin of those cows have become leather belts yeah. and shoes so if you keep drinking milk and eating cheese you're funding the cheap yeah, meat it's all industry goes in which a circle, is funding the leather industry yeah. so yeah. it is a vicious circle um what do you say to all the people that say oh but um you know, my food is humanely slaughtered. 
Oh God, that's another one, isn't and it? And organic, and I buy responsibly. You I know, it, it, it's almost saying like, well, let me uh, rape someone humanely or let me murder mm. someone humanely. Like, how can you kill some, some sentient thing that, the, not thing, sorry, but sentient being that doesn't want to die. There is no such thing as humane. Mm. Um, and I think still, even maybe with the smaller farms where it's not like mass, you know, factory horrific things that they do there, there is still a process um, and I think with a lot of this stuff it's not just the bolt through the head they they have to bleed them out so the blood doesn't get into the meat so they have to be alive mm. for that yeah. like the whole thing is just you know there's just no way to get around this yeah so I don't yeah. I don't and believe it, some people that. call it the humane hoax or the humane lie and that you know this world that we've kind of been born into there's all these facades all around us yeah. and these industries all exploit those facades yeah. there's the advertising industry the fashion industry the d drug industry yeah. the marketing you know and human beings are trapped in this materialistic obsessed world um, are really kind of you mm. know the ones fueling it but a lot of the time people are completely oblivious to that yeah. they don't understand that I don't, have you seen the matrix yes of we course talk, I love we, we always talk about the matrix on our on this podcast and it's like you know the matrix is the construct that's around us it's the framework of our society yeah. we have made it but we have made a, almost like a prison uh, without any walls yeah. because it's it's structured around us and we do have the power to pull that plug and shift and change yeah. our lives take that red pill and go for the truth yeah. or swallow the blue pill and just keep on sleeping and forgetting yeah, we have a choice and yeah. keep you know i don't know there's a there's the scene in the matrix where he's eating the steak and he says um you know basically he's sold out and he's eating the steak and it's interesting that it's meat because he's eating the meat yeah. and the steak and he's just saying i don't care that it's just a fiction but the steak takes damn good and that is a perfect simile of what humanity is yeah a lot of the time they would rather just you know, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. You heard this it's expression. Easier, so this yeah, expression yeah. is, is primarily, it's like a primal example of what human beings like to be. They would prefer to just keep on going with what they know yeah. than step outside of their comfort zone Absolutely. and go into the unknown. Because generally human beings don't like change. No. Um, Creatures whereas, of habit. Right. Whereas I think us vegans or us, the people who are vegans, we're a very particular type of person. We're the outliers. We're the people on the outside. Yeah. We're not afraid of standing out. We're not afraid of being different. Yeah. Um, yeah we want to dig, dig, dig underneath yeah, and to we're find not, the truth. Yeah. We're not yeah. afraid to sort of like, you know, because being vegan um, mm. is about standing up against a society that says you must conform. Yeah. Our entire society, Western society specifically, says mm -hmm. you need to conform. Yeah. As a woman, you must be this, this, and this. As a man, you must yeah. be this, this, and this. And you mustn't step outside of those boxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can go on and on about that. No, I know, <laughs> I, I'm the same. I, 100%, I, yeah, yeah, I'm with you all the way on that and I'm really into stuff like that. And the, the, the best thing about this is that people don't realize how much power they have right. and how much control they yeah, have. Yeah, their voice has power. Because yeah. it's, they are the consumers. They mm. are the ones making these industries richer. They're the ones fueling those industries. And if they make that small change, the industry will cater to them. That's the thing. No one is shoving these animal fashion products down their throat or the food down their throat. If they wake up, if they watch some more things, if they educate themselves on it, if they just take that time and they just don't buy into those things, those industries are gonna go bust and they're gonna have to think of other ways of making money and making yeah. profit Absolutely. and and they can and they will and that's why another thing these you know farmers or you know people that are like oh you're going to put people out of business no because 
all these farmers or all these they're smart they will find another they, they, they can make they can be harvesting crops uh, and fruits and and vegetables and grains and there's so much other there um, are so many plants that are especially in the uk exactly then no one's going to be out of business and with the weather changing yeah and, and the um in the environment changing you know there's more opportunities yeah. now to grow exactly crops that exactly. the system will still here. be the same mm. it'll just be cruelty free that's mm. all it is so you know and that's what i really want to say to the people like we're doing this for your own good and you have all the power mm. You know, it really is all in your hands. You can change this world. And it's it's so easy. It really is not that hard just to go and buy something different from the meat, you know. And it's, I think the more, this is why I think because there's so many health issues um, in relation to veganism. And I think people need to see more healthy vegans. Um, and there's some amazing documentaries coming out with the vegan athletes, which is incredible. The but game, again, game yeah, the game changes. We're still waiting for, so if the game changes oh, wow. do not happen to be listening, we're yeah, waiting. we're waiting. But that's amazing. That's yeah. really exciting. And I think there needs to be more advocates that are, you know, models and actors and in the fashion world, but vegans. Again, just to say to people that you're not going to die. You're not going to. I mean, this whole protein deficiency is such a. I mean, do I look malnourished or protein deficient? Like, if anything, I'm a curve model. Like, I have more protein on me than I probably should, should have. So, you know, it's just, you know, and I don't eat fatty. It's not like I'm a, you know, eat fatty vegan foods. So, the whole thing is just it's such a misconception because the industry is scared they don't want to lose their profit because i think there's some uh, milk farms that have gone bust in the us because there's not enough demand and, and plant milk is taking over so i think the, the the meat and dairy industry are getting scared with this veganism you know rise and they and they're trying buttons. to yeah and they're trying to print all this biased articles about how you know bad it is and it's just it's just bullshit and, and i'm sure they could still be greedy and make their profit in in doing plant-based milks or whatever it's you know they'll be fine this is what i want to say the to them is, the proof is definitely there coming yeah. to coming to the end now because we're just almost out of time if you were on a desert island yes that vegan desert island you know the one where people say if you were on a desert island and there was you and a pig what would you eat but yeah. here's the question you're on this desert island and i and all you could take was a music album a book and one vegan dish what would you take with you uh, one vegan dish you're allowed one vegan dish one music album and one book what would you take with you and obviously you've got a pig there as a friend <laughs> the pig will definitely stay my friend uh, because I believe I can survive on water and air I'll be one of those you know those bre breatharians yeah. yeah do you know what oh it's gonna have to be between music and book because the thing is if I eat the food I'm still gonna be starving in the next day you can day. take all three. Oh, I can yeah, yeah so one of each oh. so you've got a book you've got um, oh amazing album. so the book can keep me mentally strong and, and I can got, and you've got an album music, yeah. music and you've got one vegan dish what would they be Oh, what would they be? I'm sorry. I thought I had to choose between. Oh, no, no, no. oh God, book. Um, I've read so many interesting books recently. Uh, oh, nothing's coming to me though. Uh, something by Alan Watts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So something by Alan Watts. He is my oh, is my biggest inspiration. He's incredible, incredible philosopher, and he will definitely calm my mind down. The vegan dish would be. Um, can I name the restaurant? Are we allowed to? Uh, so I've discovered a new place, Banana Tree, which isn't actually even a vegan restaurant, but they've now got a new vegan menu. The most incredible satay chicken sticks I've ever tried. They're amazing. Uh, so I'd, I'd have them. And Obviously vegan satay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're vegan. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're yeah. plant-based. Yeah. Um, and the um, and the piece of music would be I don't know, uh, Beethoven classical music, something classical. Good yeah. Choice. Good choice. 
Okay, thank you so much thank for you. joining us on the PBN podcast. I've been your host, Robbie Lockie, and we'll be back next week with more veganism, life, fashion, technology, yeah. ethics, <laughs> cats, and everything in between. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you.